0: And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnell. This is the Ken Hudnell Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas, gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today is May the 12th, 132nd day of the year. 233 days remain to the year's over. With um, you, all have asked me to. Uh, list holidays and national days on each show. So today is National Limerick Day, Child Care Provider Day, International Awareness Day for Chronic Immunological and Neurological Diseases, International Chronic Fatigue Syndrome Awareness Day, International Day of Plant Health, International Malyalgic Encephalitis Awareness Day a mysterious disease, it's a global concern, National Nurses Day, National Anthony Day, National Fibromyalgia Fibromyalgia Awareness Day, uh, National Military Spouse Appreciation Day, National Mental Health Provider Appreciation Day, National Hospital Day, National Nutty Fudge Day, National Odometer Day, that makes no sense but National Provider Appreciation Day, National Tampon Day, National You Dig Day, Public Garden Day, and Shades Day. It's time to celebrate sunglasses, if that's a thing. The, uh, as you may or may not be aware, with the end of Title 42 coming up, El Paso, where I'm at, is um, in the forefront of being overrun with uh, undocumented immigrants. And while I have the greatest of sympathy for folks trying to better their life, uh, doing it at the expense of those who serve this country is something I cannot abide. And while I make it a point to avoid politics, something happened that just upsets me no end. Veronica Escobar, our local uh, congresswoman, very nice lady. I've known her for 20 some odd years. Thought she was a friend. Her position is can't do enough for the undocumented immigrants. Screw the disabled veterans. I've gone to her office several times for assistance and it's kind of, well, you know, you're bothering us because we're working on bigger problems. And so it, um, like so many other elected officials, when they got elected, they became royalty. You can't talk to them anymore. You must talk to their intermediaries. <clears throat> so if she is so in love with the undocumented immigrants, Why aren't they in her home? If you check, all these people who are so pro-open the borders and let them in don't have anybody living in their homes with them. All right, as I said, today is May 12th. In the year 254, Pope Stephen I succeeds Pope Lucius I, becoming the 23rd Pope of the Catholic Church. And immediately takes a stand against Dovinianism, which, uh, for those that are not familiar with the term, it was an early Christian sect devoted to the theologian Novatian and held a strict view that refused readmission to communion of those baptized Christians who denied their faith or performed the formalities of a ritual sacrifice to the pagan gods. Uh, paganism was still rampant at that time. 907. Zhu Wen forces Emperor Ai into abdicating, ending the Tang Dynasty after nearly 300 years of rule. 1191. Richard I of England marries Berengaria of Navarre in Cyprus. She's crowned Queen Consort of England that same day. 1328. Any Pope Nicholas V, a claimant to the papacy, is consecrated in Rome by the Bishop of Venice. 1364. Jagiellonian University, the only university in Poland, is founded in Krakow. 1497, Pope Alexander VI excommunicates Girolamo Savonarola. 1510, the Prince of Anhu rebellion begins when Zhu Zafan kills all the officials invited to a banquet and declares his intent of ousting the powerful Ming Dynasty eunuch Yu Zhen during the reign of the Zingdi Emperor. 1551, National University of San Marcos, the oldest university in the Americas, is founded in Lima, Peru. 1588, French Wars of Religion, Henry III, of France, flees Paris after Henry I, Duke of uh, Guise, uh, enters uh, the city and a spontaneous uprising occurs. 1593, London playwright Thomas Kidd is arrested and tortured by the Privy Council for libel. 1743, Maria Theresa of Austria is crowned Queen of Bohemia after defeating her rival, Charles VII, Holy Roman Emperor. At this point in time, uh, the Holy Roman Emperor uh, ruled over a um, empire that is not, neither holy nor Roman. 1778, Heinrich, the 11th Count of the Principality of Rosgeise, is elevated to Prince by Joseph II, Holy Roman Emperor. 1780 American Revolutionary War in the largest defeat of the Continental Army, Charleston, South Carolina is taken by British forces. 1797 War of the First Coalition, Napoleon Bonaparte conquers Venice. 1808 Finnish War, Swedish Finnish troops led by Captain Carl Wilhelm Mami, conquers the city of uh, Coopio from the Russians after the Battle of Kuopio. 1821, the first major battle of the Greek War of Independence against the Turks is fought in uh, the sea 1846, the Donner Party of Pioneers departs Independence, Missouri for California on what will become a year long journey of hardship and cannibalism. They got snowed in and wound up eating each other. 1862, American Civil War. Union Army troops occupy Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 1863, Battle of Raymond. Two divisions of James McPherson's uh, 17th Corps turned the left wing of the Confederate General. John Pemberton's defendi- uh, defensive line on 14 Mile Creek opened up the interior of Mississippi to the uh, Union Army during the Vicksburg Campaign. 1864, American Civil War. Battle of Spotsylvania Courthouse. Union troops assault a Confederate salient uh, known as the Mule Shoe with some of the fiercest fighting of the war taking place there, much of it hand-to-hand. It occurred at the bloody angle on the northwest. 1865, the Battle of Palmito Ranch. The first day of the last major land action take place during the Civil War. It was a Confederate victory. 1870, the Manitoba Act has given the royal assent, paving the way for Manitoba to become a province of Canada on July 15th. 1881, and now North Africa, Tunisia becomes a French protectorate. 1885, Northwest Rebellion. Four-day Battle of Batoche, pitting rebel Maitis against the Canadian government, comes to an end with a decisive rebel defeat. 1888, Southeast Asia, the North Borneo Chartered Company's territory becomes the British protectorate of North Borneo. 1826, the Italian-built airship, Norge, becomes the first vessel to file for the North Pole. Also on that date, 1926, the 1926 United Kingdom general strike comes to an end. 1932, ten weeks after his abdication, Charles Jr., the infant son uh, his abduction, rather, not abdication. Charles Jr., the infant son of Charles Lindbergh, is found dead near Hopewell, New Jersey, a few miles from Lindbergh's home. 1933, the Agricultural Adjustment Act, which restricts agricultural production through government purchase of livestock for slaughter and paying subsidies to farmers when they remove land from planting, is signed into law by President Roosevelt. I never could understand that growing up. My grandmother had a lot of land in the land bank, and they paid her not to grow crops. Uh, 1933, President Roosevelt signs legislation creating the Federal Emergency Relief Administration. Predecessor to the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA. Uh, 1937, a Duke and Duchess of York are crowned as King George VI and Queen Elizabeth of the UK of Great Britain, Northern Ireland, and Westminster Abbey. 1941, Conrad Zeus presents the Z3, the world's first working programmable fully automatic computer in Berlin. 1942, World War II, the Second Battle of Kharkov. Eastern Ukraine, Red Army Forces under Marshal Semyon Timoshenko launch a major offensive against the Izium Bridgehead, only to be encircled and destroyed by the troops of Army Group South two weeks later. In 1942, World War II, the U.S. tanker SS Virginia is torpedoed in the mouth of the Mississippi River by the German submarine U-507. 1948, Wilhelmina, Queen Regent of the Kingdom of the Netherlands, cedes the throne to her daughter, Juliana. 1949, Cold War, the Soviet Union lifts its blockade of Berlin. 1965, Soviet spacecraft Lunar 5 crashes on the moon. 1968, Vietnam War, North Vietnamese and Viet Cong forces attack Australian troops, defending fire support base Coral. 1975, Indochina War, um, Democratic Kampuchean uh, naval forces captured the SS 1978, in Zaire, rebels occupied the city of Kawiz, the mining center for the province of Shaba, now known as Katanga. Local government asked the U.S., France, and Belgium to restore order. In 1982, during a procession outside the Surrounded the Virgin Mary in Fatima, Portugal, security guards overpower uh, Juan Maria fernandez y cron before he can attack Pope John Paul II with a bayonet. 1989, the San Bernardino train disaster kills four, only to be followed a week later by an underground gasoline pipeline explosion, which kills two more. 1998, four students are shot at Trisakti University, leading to the widespread riots and the fall of Suharto. 2002, former President Jimmy the Peanut Man Carter arrives in Cuba for a five-day visit with Fidel Castro, Comes the first president of the U.S. in or out of office to visit the island since the Cuban Revolution. 2003, three-odd compound bombings in Saudi Arabia carried out by Al-Qaeda kills uh, 39. 2006, massed unrest by the... Primero Comando de Capital begins in Sao Paulo, Brazil, leaving at least 150 dead. Also on this date in 2006, Iranian Aziris interpret uh, a cartoon published in an Iranian magazine as insulting, resulting in mass riots throughout the country. They got to get a sense of humor. 2008, an earthquake measuring 8.0 occurs in Sichuan, China, kills over 69,000 people. Also this misdate in 2008, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement conducts the largest ever raid of a workplace in Pottsville, Iowa, arresting nearly 400 immigrants for identity theft and document fraud. 2010, Africa Airways, Flight 771, crashes on final approach to Tripoli International Airport in Tripoli, Libya, killing 103 out of the 104 on board. 2015, Train derailment in Philadelphia kills eight and injures more than 200. Also on this date in 2015, Masses in Nepal earthquake kills 218 and injures more than 3,500. 2017, the WannaCry ransomware attack impacts over 400,000 computers worldwide. Targeting computers of the United Kingdom's United Health Services and Telefonica computers. And in 2018, Paris knife attack, a man's fatally shot by police in Paris after killing one and injuring several others. You know, these uh, lunatics that uh, go on the attack uh, about um, various uh, beliefs they hold don't accomplish anything other than get themselves killed. They may think they're making some kind of statement, but it's not. Well, we've been talking about a lot of strange things. Excuse me. Conspiracy's for one thing. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the fact that uh, the Masons... Which at one point in time were a major threat to uh, society, uh, actually deeply involved in the police and the military. Now, judging by the list of books and articles published in the last twenty years, Freemasonry is enjoying a, certainly a literary renaissance. Uh, following the movies National Treasure and The Da Vinci Code, and including the sequel to National Treasure called. Uh, National Treasury to the Book of Secrets. Public interest seems to have been stimulated and an interest has met with a plethora of uh, publications on the topic well, as well as more serious uh, works regarding uh, masonry. You know, the, the dominant image of Freemasonry is a powerful institution appears to have been uh, controlled in most of these writings in the past, uh, and related in many respects to the founding of uh, the U.S. Uh, It reached a large power peak in the late 60s, early 70s. Now we're told it's dying out, populated primarily by old men, um, which of course doesn't really um, give rise to new conspiracy theories. The book of Hiram, Freemasonry, Venus, and the Secret Key to the Life of Jesus by Freemasons Christopher Knight and Robert Lomas, uh, actually begins with three words, Freemasonry is dying and the 2007 edition of the U.S. News and World Report, uh, their special edition on secret societies, uh, very clearly stated the Masonic Order slowly lost more than half its members. Now, implicit within these analysis is the overlooking of the immense power of lodges among the police and military. That's been part of Masonic history as long as I've known anything about it. The image of a brotherhood armed and ready to arrest or kill belies the popular image of lodges as what you might call a decaying elves Club. And just might factor in as uh, to um, some of our current military misadventures in Iraq and other places in the Middle East, and it carries strange overtones and mystical toponymy and associations in Masonic lore. Now to grasp the intersection of Freemasonry with institutions such as the police or the military, you've got to understand that Freemasonry uh, exists in a in a um, almost a world of its own. In the narrow sense, usually invoked by Masons when pressed about the matters, Freemasonry is properly restricted to the activities of the Grand Lodge and the official Masonic lodges that have received a warrant or charter from the Grand Lodge in their jurisdiction and that's technically correct in stating that they have no jurisdiction over related orders such as those uh, which form in the past uh, the basis for a lot of writings but the answer is less than forthcoming and seems in the eyes of many critics to provide a bit of cover It's easy to document the intersection of the Grand Lodge with police and military lodges, both in terms of overlapping membership and direct support. And these relationships, as you might guess, are complex, but resolvable if we take Freemasonry to involve a larger fraternal sphere of institutions modeled on its own structure, purpose, and core attitudes. It's derived from the original Masonic Constitution and landmarks. And many of these uh, Masonic uh, facets are uh, imitated and adapted in the world of fraternal orders derived from Freemasonry proper, including orders for police and military personnel. In this uh, wider sense, Freemasonry is hardly the domain of servile old men, or is it dying or powerless? I know when, uh, when I was in South America, I discovered uh, my battalion uh, had at its core a secret society. Now let's talk about the police. Now if you've ever watched movies as most of us have, you recall the slapstick fun of the Keystone Cops. But you might overlook the Masonic reference for the Keystone is the topmost stone of an arch. And an important symbolic element in Royal Arts Masonry. And it might come as a surprise to many readers to learn it, the, and listeners, to uh, learn that the lodges of the Fraternal Water Police carry a membership, according to their most recent official count, of more than 350,000 members in more than 2,100 lodges. Now, since the retirement age for most police begins at 55, the fact should be somewhat, should be used to modify the the image of Masons' as powerless old men, especially if we include the Fraternal Police brothers in the in the picture. Now, the Fraternal Order of Police has a long history, almost, well, it's over 100 years old. It began in 1915 by two Pittsburgh Patrol officers, Martin Toole and Delbert Nagel. Twenty-one other officers met on May 14, 1915 and held the first meeting of the Fraternal Order of Police. They formed Fort Pitt Lodge Number 1. Interestingly, the uh, Underwater Police not only copied the Masonic structure, but also adopted a five-point star as their emblem, containing twin Masonic images of the all-seeing eye and a typical Masonic-style grip or handshake. The adoption of the 5 pointed star carries significance. It's um, also called a pentagram. It's a key esoteric symbol in Freemasonry called the Blazing Star with ancient roots and the occult uh, veneration of the binary dog star Sirius. And if you dig into the references regarding Sirius, that takes us back into what we talked about yesterday about NASA. As Grand Commander Albert Pike, who became a Confederate general, wrote in his defining Masonic work, Morals and Dogma, the Ancient Accepted Scottish Rite of Masonry. Sirius still glitters in our lodges as a blazing star. These symbolic ties uh, illustrate an intimate connection between the Fraternal Order Police and the Masonic lodges from whence the former is derived by imitation and inspiration. And it's not uncommon to see mutual association between the Fraternal Order Police and local Masonic lodges. For example, the website of the Fraternal Water Police, Oregon Pioneer Lodge No. 4, expresses gratitude to the Masonic Lodge for hosting and supporting their members. Also says, we'd like to thank the officers and brethren of Beaverton Lodge Number 100, Ancient Free and Accepted Nations of Oregon, for their support. There's also a direct acknowledgement of Masonic roots of the Fraternal Order Police on the website of the Political Action Committee for the Tulsa, Oklahoma Fraternal Order Police. It says very clearly the traditions found in the Lions Club, the Elves Club, or Masonic Lodges were the foundations of the FOP traditions and ceremonies. In addition to the Fraternal Order Police, police membership in the Grand Lodge itself became a source of controversy in England in the 18, uh, 1980s following the publication of Stephen Knight's The Brotherhood, The Secret World of the Freemasons, in 1984. Knight spent uh, several chapters of that book detailing the extensive membership and effect of Freemasonry among police in England, and that included Scotland Yard, which is supposedly the the pinnacle of English policing. Typical, Typical of Knight's successful interviewing technique is this statement obtained from a Scotland Yard deputy assistant commissioner Nearly all of my colleagues and seniors are Masons. A lot of people in the yard got into positions they shouldn't be and purely and simply because they've got masonry behind them. And if you think anything can be done about that, you're wasting your time. And that pure and simple outlines a major issue that I've had in some places that I've been associated with. The people in charge are in charge not because of any ability they have, but because of political and or Masonic connections. Now Knight's book, as you might guess, touched off a firestorm in England. He died a year later at the age of 33. Now when I tried to find out how or why he died, I couldn't get a lot of information. Uh, His work was carried on in Martin Short's uh, Inside the Brotherhood in 1989. Short spent several chapters covering the police-Masonic connection, beginning with the revelation about the British Police Lodge, the the Manor of St. James, number 9179, which was founded by brethren, all of whom had served as police officers in C. or St. James's District of the Metropolitan Police. The founding members included some of the highest-ranking officers in Scotland Yard, Short also recounted an exchange which he witnessed in the Palace of Westminster in which a non-Masonic Tory member of Parliament heard from one of his uh, constituents, a businessman claiming to have been a victim of a Masonic conspiracy. The businessman thought the police investigating the affair were dragging their feet in order to protect Masons inside and outside the force. So he met with the member of Parliament and uh, asked him to mention Freemasonry in a letter of complaint to the Chief Constable and the Member of Parliament replied, I don't think you should mention the Freemasonry. If you want these people to do their job properly, it's best not to upset them. And I think that is a pretty revealing statement. Now, as you might guess, both of these books touched off an even bigger firestorm with the British general public to a March 1979 report in the House of Commons and the Home Affairs Committee. They had to stop and deal with the peanut gallery. Well, as I said, the two books touched off an unbelievable firestorm. And the um, House of Commons Home Affairs Committee recommended police officers, magistrates, judges, and crown prosecutors be required to register membership of any secret society, and those rec- excuse me, records should be publicly available. The second report was done May 25, 1999, on Freemasonry and public life, noted the acceptance and extension of these recommendations by the Home Office. And the report con- cites the concerns of Mr. Rourke, stating if it's possible for a Freemason of Mr. Rourke's experience to believe that Masonic influence can sometimes be used improperly, then it's not unreasonable for those who are not Freemasons to reach the same conclusion. Well, allowing for public paranoia about Freemasonry, the report finished. It's clear that from some of the examples cited in this report and from the previous report, there are cases where allegations of improper Masonic influence may well be justified. Now, some of the citizens of the U.K. Uh, reacted to this these two reports Um, James Todd uh, formed an organization called victims of Masonic Ill treatment website shut down in February 99 ostensibly for defamatory marks made about government officials in the UK Todd criticized them for being corrupt members of a Masonic good old boy network it's similar to what uh, Mark Twain, uh, his remark, that there's nothing like the exercise of heavy-handed power to convincingly refute accusations of heavy-handed power. And certainly I, I agree with him. I'm dealing with something very similar right now, where uh, the good old boy system has protected crooked contractors and Attorneys, and even a couple of judges who view uh, the benefits accruing to disabled veterans as free money anybody can get if they can just figure out what buttons to push. Well, you know the there's examples of Masonic and fraternal interplay within the the ordinary world of police, certainly, but. Let's look at an intersection of the Lodge in the world of special intelligence, such as the, the FBI and uh, the CIA. Now, certainly, uh, my experience with the FBI has shown me that uh, far from being the geniuses Mr. Hoover envisioned, there are just as many of them are, uh, well, I wouldn't want to Bet the farm on anything they find. Deed Masonic and French Masonic involvement in espionage, and vaccine, power brokering in various countries is part of a tapestry of history which has been left out of public school textbooks and corporate-funded network primetime TV discussions. Um, for example, I've I've read a lot about J. Edgar Hoover. and I've not seen but one or two references to the fact that he was, in fact, a member of the the Masons. Now, Anthony Summers wrote a book I found fascinating. Official and confidential. Peanut Gallery again. And even though in tell-all books, such as one by Summers, made a great deal of the homosexual and transvestite uh, lifestyle of Jedga Hoover, but which you think would be something that he would want to hide based on his position, but he didn't, but his membership in the Masonic Order, I think I've seen one reference to it. Now, he was an icon of Freemasonry in the world of intelligence and stood at the pinnacle of Masonic honor and membership. According to a Grand Lodge website, uh, Hoover was raised or made a Master Mason November 9, 1920 at the Federal Lodge No. 1 in Washington, D.C. Website in the Library and Museum of the Supreme Council, Southern Jurisdiction of the Scottish Rite, gives much more detail on uh, what's known as the J. Edgar Hoover Collection. According to what this said, during his 52 years with the craft, he received innumerable medals and awards and decorations. In 1955, he was coronated a 33rd degree Inspector General Honorary and awarded the Scottish Rights Highest Recognition, the Grand Cross of Honor in 1965. That was probably for his work in covering up the assassination of John Kennedy. Now his role in the aftermath of the Kennedy assassination included supplying strong testimony and information to the Warren Commission, which in turn issued a report which has been shredded for its omissions and distortions. I mean, Hoover was adamant there was not one scintilla of evidence of any conspiracy Oswald shot the president. Hoover's testimony provided the Warren Commission with an appearance of solidarity and solidity which stood like a wall for decades against the evidence to the contrary. Including direct evidence from Charles Crenshaw, the surgeon who tried to save Kennedy and testified that the bullet wounds came from the front, not the back, in contrast to the Hoover-Warren commission line. Other authors have explored in detail an alleged symbolic Masonic staging in the entire assassination of Kennedy. James Shelby Downard dissected the specific numerological and occult associations of the Kennedy assassination as part and parcel of Masonic lore. One of the most famous of his observations correlates the mysterious three hobos at the scene with the three unworthy craftsmen who played the role of assassins in the Master Mason degree ritual. He considered their mysterious appearance in a nameless photograph to be a Masonic calling card. In addition, Hoover's role in the the sonically-dominated Warren Commission, as noted by Downard. Mason Lyndon Johnson appointed Mason Earl Warren to investigate the death of Catholic Kennedy. Mason and members of the 33rd degree, such as Gerald R. Ford, are, are instrument and uh, were instrumental in suppressing what little evidence of a conspiratorial nature reached the commission. Responsible for supplying information to the commission was Mason, a member of the 33rd degree J. Edgar Hoover, former CIA director and Mason, Alan Dulles, was responsible for most of his agency's data to the panel. You know, all these people had their own access to grind with Kennedy. And why they wound up being on the Warren Commission was anybody's guess. Downer concludes, it's, is it paranoid to be suspicious of the findings of the panel on these grounds? Would it be paranoid to suspect the panel of Nazis appointed to investigate the death of a Jew? Well, that was a very interesting point that he raised. Downard's observations of the Masonic membership of, the CIA, of CIA Director Alan Dulles brings us directly to the topic of Freemasonry within the CIA. Now, Dulles was co founder and first civilian director of the Central Intelligence. He was fired by Kennedy only to sit, ironically, on the Warren Commission, as Downard notes. But Alan Dulles also comes up on a list of famous Freemasons, also mentioned by Downard, along with the former CIA Director William Casey. And one of the greater scandals connecting the Masonic world and the CIA in the past few decades is the the P2 case in Italy, which broke the, sp- the spring and summer of 81 and created a national press sensation. P2 is, uh, I guess you could say, a popular abbreviation for the Masonic Lodge, Propaganda Do. P2 Lodge was a Grand Orient Lodge, and the Grand Lodge immediately used this fact to distance itself from the scandal in historical divergence of the two lodges. But, all that aside, what was the scandal, and how did the CIA get involved? Now, briefly, P2 was formed in 1966 with the support of uh, Giordano Gamberini, the Grand Master of the Grand Orient of Italy. Uh, put in charge of this particular um, lodge was... Uh, Lucio Gelli, who created the reputation of this lodge as an elite and powerful secret society. He used blackmail and extracting dues in the form of official secrets, which he used to consolidate and extend the lodge's power and his own power. He was an honored guest at Ronald Reagan's inauguration as president in January of 81. Even his room spread of the P2 connections to the mafia and the underworld. And these weren't the only shadowy connections, according to researcher David Yallop. From the early days of P2, Galley had the active support and encouragement of the CIA operating in Italy. Well, the police raid on the lodge blew the scandalous lid off off and resulted in a list of members which included Italy's most powerful men. Ranging from prime ministers to members of parliament, judges, bankers, newspaper editors, and journalists, police chiefs, and 30 generals and 8 admirals, 953 members in all. Scandal culminated on June 18, 1982, with uh, Roberto Calvi, president of Italy's uh, Banco Ambrosiano and a P2 member. He was known as God's banker because of his close ties to the Vatican Bank. was found hanging by the neck from a a rope, suspended from scaffolding beneath Blackfriars Bridge in London. His pockets filled with chunks of masonry. The day before that, Calvi's secretary plunged to her death from a fourth-floor window at the bank. Behind a questionable suicide note. Interestingly, in Italy, the logo of the Masonic Brotherhood is the figure of a Black black Friar. There's a lot more I could go into about that, but I think that's sufficient for another show. Now, P2 support by the CIA is an isolated example of the intersection of the Masonic realm and the, the world of the spooks and the spies frequent association between secret societies and the world of special intelligence has been noted by researcher and author john carter he writes it's interesting to note how many famous occultists are said to have had connections with intelligence organizations the military and the police such as rouse and crowley and parsons and john d and grady mcmurtry and anton lavey michael aquino and while the list of individuals cited by carter contains members of fringe masonic groups such as the uh, Ordo Templi Orientis or of the Oriental Temples. Um, these connections are within the wider spectrum of the Masonic landscape. The role of Freemasons and OTL leader Alistair Crowley in British intelligence has been discussed by historian Richard Spence, consultant for Washington, D.C.'s International Spy Museum. According to Spence, Crowley played a large role in the sinking of the Lusitania, the plot to overthrow the government of Spain and even the 1941 flight of Rudolf Hess. Years after Crowley's death, the struggle for leadership of the OTO wound up in the U.S. courts. And the Brazilian OTO leader, Marcelo's Matu, came out on losing. An end. Uh, he accused the OTO branch in the U.S. of having engineered the courtroom coup with the help of the CIA. And then OTO leader, Rocket scientist John Whiteside Parsons transferred secret documents relating to U.S. rocket and defense technology to the Israelis from October 1948 until June of 1950. He was uh, rescued from prosecution by none other than uh, J. Edgar Hoover. As you have just heard me talk about him being a very highly placed mason. Well, to those who fear the creeping advance of a police state, the image of an internal good old boy... Structure within the police giving assistance and cover is hardly comforting. Tie into the leadership of the FBI and the CIA, or in the British, equivalents MI5 and MI6, raises even more questions about the role of Masonic Masonic-style structures. But the police Masonic uh, intersection is not the end of the lodge power tie. You know the interrelationship of Freemasonry and the military is also old and complex. And our Masonic writers tend to accuse Masonry of formatting and plotting and executing numerous revolutions in Europe, South America, the U.S., including the French Revolution. According to some, both world wars. Now say what you will. Relationship of Freemasonry and military units is beyond question. One of the eldest models noted by Masonic historian Albert Mackey is the Field Lodge or the Army Lodge. According to Mackey, a lodge duly instituted under proper authority from a grand body of competent jurisdiction and authorized to exercise during its peripatic existence all the powers and privileges it might possess if permanently located. On the British side, the lodge is already a given fact of English life and This pattern carried over to the New World. According to Martin Short, no British institution, not even the police, is more steeped in Freemasonry than the Army. England's first recorded initiates, last Asma was a captain (coughs) in Lloyd Ashley's regiment when he joined the Warrington Lodge in 1646. And records of the colonial period illustrate the British debt of Freemasonry in a St. John's Day festival celebrated by the Master and Brethren of Lodge No. 210 on June 25, 1781. That date, the British Army occupied New York. You know, the British Army assisted in the spread of Freemasonry from 1732 onward in the form of regimental field lodges. The first field lodge was created in the First Foot, Later, the Royal Scots. And these mobile lodges are ready to travel at a drop of a hat. Frequently, the colonel was the lodge's original master. Field lodges served as um, a channel of communication, an opportunity for young soldiers to advance themselves, and also as a means of redressing grievances. 1755, 29 field lodges existed, including the Royal Northumberland Fusiliers, the Royal Scots Fusiliers, the Royal Inskilling Fusiliers, the Gloucestershire Regiment, the Dorset Regiment, the Border Regiment, the Duke of Wellington's own, and while these early field lodges weren't chartered by the Grand Lodge of England, they carried in their ranks some of the most prominent figures of the day, including the Duke of Cumberland. And also John Legionnaire, one of the most important British military commanders, the Lord Jeffrey Amherst, maybe the most notorious member was George Sackville later Lord uh, Germain, became the colonial secretary and played a significant role during the American Revolution. field lodges also popped up on the colonial side with the assistance of George Washington. They dotted the Connecticut, North Carolina Massachusetts Maryland Pennsylvania New Jersey lines and Pennsylvania Artillery Regiment. <laughs> the most illustrious military lodge was the American Union Lodge Number no. One, which Washington celebrated the Feast of Saint John the Baptist in 1779, 80, and seventeen eighty two, and the Feast of Saint John the Evangelist in nineteen. Excuse me, in seventeen seventy nine. While Washington indicated some distance from the Freemasonry in a letter in seventeen ninety eight, Wasn't always the case. December 27, 1778, following the colonial victory in Philadelphia, Washington marched in full Masonic attire, including the jewels, sword, and insignia of the Brotherhood, head of a procession of 300 Freemasons into Christ Church, where a Masonic service was held. Well, his popularity was such that the field lodges of the army supported a movement which culminated in a request from prominent Masons. In the army to the Grand Lodge of Boston petitioning the creation of a National Grand Lodge. Washington himself being a hope for National Grand Master. Well, in the larger interest of Masonic peace, the Grand Lodge of Boston killed that particular scheme. The, uh, The fraternal order of the Masonry during the intriguing period does deserve some attention. Lodger Filets on both sides influenced behavior on the battlefield and treatment of the enemy, if that enemy was a Lodge brother. One well-known example, Mohawk Chief Joseph Brandt, whose sister had married the Provincial Grandmaster of New York, was initiated as a Freemason himself on a visit to London in 1776. Brandt's tribe later captured Captain McKinstry, a man who was within a hair's breadth of being burned alive tied to a tree when due to a last-ditch Masonic appeal, which was recognized by Brandt, he was ordered released and received further assistance. Well, this story of a Freemason named Joseph Burnham, colonial prisoner of war escapee who climbed to the top of a local lodge, fell through uh, into British hands and gave the proper Masonic signs. As a result, the British officers made a generous contribution for Brother Burnham, who was afterwards transported with secrecy on an expedition to the Jersey shores, in other words, he was released. While some details of these stories have been questioned, so many of these tales of Masonic indulgence during wartime have been recorded that they do indicate a pattern, which further points to a to the fact that um, membership. Cross national boundaries. No one such behavior mere aberration of the time. Similar events happened during the Civil War. During the Battle of Douglas Church, April 13, 1863, the Confederate Captain Gray was ordered to counterattack and take no northern prisoners. As he charged up the hill toward what would have been Freeman's battery, he found a, a wounded soldier and pointed his pistol at him. The would-be victim made a masonic sign the pistol went down and the federal trooper was sent to the rear his wounds were treated much later the ss complained of the shameful behavior of german freemason members and a field lodge during the first world war he had the colossal tastelessness and lack of dignity to enter a foreign lodge in the uniform of a german officer and fraternize with a belgian in other words uh, Hostile lodge members. Well, objections to the SS reports notwithstanding. Research does support that position. British military masons in World War I could apply for a special Masonic pass or service certificate that entitled the Freemason to a special protection and treatment. And this pass was, interestingly enough, printed in five languages English, French, Italian. German and Turkish. German and Turkish, of course, were the languages of the enemies. One Masonic scandal from that same era involved the French military, <coughs> uh, known as the yeah, Faire des Fichés, or episode of the Index Slips. This was reported in the May 1912 Oxford and Cambridge Review. French Masonic lodges organized a vast network of espionage so the war office staffed by Freemasons made all Motions in the Army depended on one's attitude toward Masonic principles and practices. These reports included um, information about whether the candidate sent his children to a Catholic school or if his wife attended Mass, both of which were black marks, don't you know? Slips were collected into a register called Carthage, and any officer whose name made it to Carthage had his career advancement cut short. Similarly, the senior most senior sergeant major in the U.S. Army Upon his retirement from active service, um, reported that it had long been an old rule that advancement as an officer more or less required Masonic membership. While Masons might downplay or dismiss reports of lodge-based career favoritism, they do tend in their books of Masonic lore to boast of wartime performance treat- a preferential treatment for the brethren as an example of Masonic benevolence. Now, this, such treatment might impress the outsiders. Examples cited previously suggest that one of the effects of Masonic military or field lodges had been the creation of a supernational loyalty that can uh, trump national concerns and obligations, even during war. If Goethe himself, a Freemason, later criticized the lodge for creating a state within a state, Maybe we can ask if the military lodges don't, by their very nature, lead to the interesting phenomenon of an army, determined by higher values and recognized by secret signs. I saw people honored in my 1st Battalion. Who were some of the dumbest folks that ever drew breath, but they remember that... Uh, internal secret society within the battalion well one of the most interesting and important chapters in masonry's intersection with the u.s army begins in the philippines where a field lodge in manila was established april 21st excuse me august 21st 1898 going to reports of the Worshipful Master, don't you love the titles? Nearly every organization of the Eighth Army Corps was represented at lodge meetings, and brothers from the Navy were in frequent attendance. Early 1900, a Sojourners Club developed in Manila and was granted a charter by the Most Worshipful Grand Lodge of California, October 10th 1901. This club later became the Masonic Sojourners Association in 1907. 1917, returning military masons formed a national masonic organization by February 28, 1918. Sojourners were reborn on the U.S. soil, composed of officers and former officers of the various uniformed services. By 1921, the sojourners in Chicago had grown, and the National Sojourners arrived on the scene. The masonic court, the U.S. military, <coughs> masonic provenance of the. Them sojourners, old and noted in the rituals of the craft. The Hebrew word, which is translated sojourner, signifies man living out of his own country. In the English Royal Arts system, there were three officers called sojourners. As former national president, John D. Billingsley, Brigadier General, U.S. Army retired, wrote that national sojourners had. Provided a means for Master Masons to share another bond, that of being commissioned officers or warrant officers of the Uniformed Services of the U.S. to meet together in practically all parts of the world. By being provided this opportunity, Master Masons um, form widely separated Grand Lodge jurisdictions or committed to continue their associations, no matter where their duties may take them. Now, in Freemasonry, the number 33 possesses a long history based on Kabbalistic numerology. Uh, William Greenstein notes that the alchemy is said to be based on the symbolism of the number 33, 3 times 3 equals 9, the number of esoteric man, and the number of emanations from the Kabbalistic tree, one of the key symbols of conglomerates. Well, I could talk for hours about various aspects of the Masonic, the military, and the police. But unfortunately, we've come to the end of today's show. And, of course, the end of the week. So we'll be back in our next show and talk about more strange and unusual things. Until then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show, saying have a truly great evening.